Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach, I'm here with Laura. At the top of the podcast, I don't know if we catch it exactly, but she kind of starts this week by saying, I think I need a really good cry, and then we just lean right into it, which is great, because I was wanting to talk about feelings anyway, and Laura is feeling a lot of them and um, it's good. We cover some cool territory in terms of like what it means to feel them and how to do that, work that out with your partner and uh, what role feelings have in your in your life and in your body. I have a moment of my own, which is kind of fun. But before we do that, I wanna mention uh, three real quick things. Number one, if you are interested in playing fantasy football with us, you gotta let me know right away. Just shoot me an email, especially if you played with us last year and you wanna stay in the league. Um, we have some folks that want to kind of add themselves. And if that's you, you need to shoot me an email. Uh, you can do that at uh, info at marriagetherapyradio.com or uh, shoot me a DM on uh, at marriagetherapyradio on Instagram. Second thing is I want to invite you please to go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Your five-star review will go a long way toward helping us keep the lights on. I just found out that there's a mouse that we need to hit, which is a thousand reviews. Um, I think we're somewhere near 550. So if you and 450 of your closest friends would just roll over there and uh, drop us a note about how much you think we're adding value to your life and to your conversation about relationships. And then the last thing I want to mention is if you are even kind of thinking about doing the workshop with us, you're going to want to jump on that, especially if you're trying to get into Laura's weekly workshop, which is going to be fantastic. I think she's closing the registration for that pretty soon. Uh, So I would encourage you to jump on board. Those are going to be on Wednesday nights starting in September. And then we have one we're doing together in October. It's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and I hope that you can join us. Uh, you go to marriagetherapyradio.com to find the registration page there. I think there's still an early bird through the end of August, but I'm not 100% sure. But for now, we're talking about feelings. We're feeling feelings. It's actually it's actually really fun. I think, we, I think this is going to be one of those episodes that we kind of point people to over and over again. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I'm just going to let it go. None of this has to be for entertainment. We can totally turn it off at any time. I know. I, I'm i I'm like, honestly, I had this conversation with Holden on the way to camp. He had a, like a, um, he had a really hard uh, day at camp and Ryan texted me and he said, something's going on with Holden. And I said, what's happening he said, let's just talk about it when he gets home. But he's like in rare form. And um, so we're heading to camp today. And I said, okay, let's talk. What happened yesterday? Because dad was telling me that you were having a really hard time. And he said, I've just, I don't know, mom. I think I'm just bottling up these emotions, these feelings. And it was like, that's 
funny. You know who's really good at doing that too is your mom. And I, um, this is going to sound kind of woo-woo, but we met with, did I tell you we met with a medium? <laughs> no. Yeah. So we met well, maybe with this medium. Maybe. I hired a medium to meet with our side of the family with Judy Heck, your favorite mm-hmm. mother-in-law. I'm her favorite, yeah. You're, oh, you're her favorite. And um, and one of the things that she did is she kind of like looked me straight, like dead in the eye, and she said, you need to let your emotions out. You're bottling them up. And I was like, cool. Like, if you want to tell me something about me without ever meeting me, that would be a pretty, that that's pretty spot on. And I, um, and of course I teared up because I, it was like immediately, it was just like this floodgate opened. And, um, she said, where did you learn that from? What's with your mom and emotions? And I just was like, you're so right. So I've been thinking about like transgenerational, right? Like how we learn about emotions and here's my son bottling up his emotions. Here's his mom literally being told by a stranger, you bottle your emotions up. And I said to Holden, I was like, what are we going to do about this? Uh. How do we let it out, buddy? Because if you're, if you're kind of having these moments where it just like comes out of you and it's like flooding out and it feels overwhelming to you, I said, we've got to find ways to let these like moments seep out rather than flood out. And I said, I am, I'm the master of bottling up and compartmentalizing emotions. And so we had that conversation just 30 minutes ago. And then on the drive home, like literally it was like, get it together, Lala, you got to be on a podcast. And then I thought, no, just let it out. Just do it. So, Zach, this is a rare moment when you get to see me cry. Although it has happened before, right? Yeah, it has happened before. It's ha- I figured if there was any time to cry, it would be with my therapist friend, Zach. Well... How do you feel right now, right this very second? Um, I, like, I want to keep crying. <laughs> like, I want to keep emoting and letting it out. Like, it's right there. I can feel it just talking at the top of my register, right? Like, I'm, like, I want to keep crying, but I'm also very aware that I'm recording my voice and talking to you, mm-hmm. and this is not a therapy session. Well, um, never mind that. I mean, I think, you know, here we are, and if people are still listening, I mean, it's almost like, I, I think I might turn it off and be like, oh my God, I'm turning this off right now, because I don't Well, wanna, you can give inv- them a warning at the top, right? I don't want to invade Laura's privacy, that. but is this, is you staying on this call, you shoving your feelings down? Is that the same? Okay. Um. Yeah. Right. Like, do am I doing something right at this very moment that is avoiding myself from emoting? That's the opposite of the thing that you're like. This is what I really need. I know. Oh, uh, I. Uh, also, well, okay. You're not going to rewire your entire system. Like yeah, I know. At 9.15 on a Thursday morning just because you decided to. Well, okay. So I was actually, I was really thinking about this is... For context, know, like, by the way, I... I will say this in the introduction just to give people a warm up. But for context, I texted Laura yesterday and I said, hey, yeah, I really want to talk about feelings today. I think... That was it. Yeah. And that you were like, it. okay. So... Okay. Well, let's talk about feelings. So then 
I was like, well, that's really interesting because right now I'm I'm sort of dealing with the fact of, you know, I could tell you that I probably will get away and would have gotten away with bottling and compartmentalizing my feelings. And I have a lot of a lot of shit going down in my life at the moment um, that I could probably get away with compartmentalizing it pretty darn well. Uh-huh. I do a really good job of that uh-huh. and I've done a great job of it my whole life. But I am also responsible for raising my son. And one of the duties that I have is to be able to teach him about his emotions and be able to successfully manage his emotions and be in the world in an appropriate way with his emotions. That's what I think my job is. Uh And so I can't ignore it any longer because, I mean, regardless of where the information came, it could have come from a therapist, it could have come from clergy it could have come from a wise sage person in my life that stares me straight in the eye and says you're bottling your emotions up and what is that where did you get that from Mm -hmm. you got that from your mom you learned that from your mom how did that serve her and why does it serve you now it's just a really fast and easy way for me to say you can't do this anymore because you Mm -hmm. have a son that's watching you and learning Mm -hmm. this transgenerational behavior of bottling emotions up and that's not helpful which means i gotta get my shit together Mm -hmm. And by getting it together, it means I need to learn how to manage it mm-hmm. rather than avoid it and compartmentalize it. Mm-hmm. So here I am. Hey. Hi. Welcome to this podcast. My name's Laura Heck. I am a couples therapist. I am a mom and I am struggling. <laughs> the struggle Hi, bus. Laura. That's what we would say in an AA meeting. Hi, Laura. Yeah. Um, I'm also in my cycling jersey because I'm hoping to go cycling after this, which is one of my best ways of coping with with energy yeah. that's moving around in my system. Yeah. What was your... Uh, okay, can we back up just a second? Yeah, you bet. That was me flooding. Yeah. Um, what's happening in your world? Do you have any life updates that you want to give? I do. I had some strong emotions yesterday. Um, mm. Well, I do have a life update. Um if you've been tracking with the podcast and you, Laura, of course, know this, that about a year ago, Abby went through a really rough time, like a whole yeah. summer's worth of rough times. Um, yeah. Just kind of crashed really hard after her freshman year in college and just struggling to pull it together and was not, just not present in her own skin. You know, we were glad that she went back to school. And so she's been here this summer and she has been... um She's been lifeguarding and she's been babysitting and she's been the understudy in this musical here at here in town. I know what you're going to say because I follow her on Instagram. Oh, we're both emotional. Yeah. Yay. Last night was her was her one show. It was as an understudy. She was guaranteed one show. She went on last night and I was just like, there she is. She's back. Yeah. Like. She's a kid who needs to be performing, but just in her skin and in her confidence and in her just crushed it. She was amazing. And uh, it was the only show of the run that sold out because it was the only show Abby was in and all of her, every single person in the, like not every single person, but I would say about 30% of the room was there to see her. And she, she nailed it. It was amazing. So it just was a really edifying experience to have, um, on my 26th wedding anniversary yesterday was also my wedding anniversary so um <laughs> yeah man i'm plo- we're both <laughs> we're both loaded with it but uh let's see i have a couple other really benign updates like uh 
that almost feels silly right now, but I wanted to remind people that we're getting ready to play fantasy football again. Okay. Oh, we are going to do fantasy football? Yeah. So if you're already in the league, you need to let me know if you're going to keep playing. And if you're not, there already have people drop out and uh, you're welcome to to let us know that you want to play. That's his own thing. Um, (laughs) So stupid. This is what I do though. Sometimes I get really close to emotions and I'll be like, and let me back out real quick with... Uh, That's exactly what I do. Yeah. Like I dip in, I dip out, I dip in. Yeah. So what you can't see, and I don't know, like, ah, what you can't see is my eyes are watering. They're sweating, I believe is the terminology. Yeah. Um, Zach's eyes were sweating. They were, yeah. And Oh man, last night, she they came on, they, they came on to do a pre-show announcement, which is kind of like a, a sort of in-character asking for donations and support for the theater. The second she walked in, Is I was this started, through tap root? Yeah, I just started crying. Cool. I was immediately started crying. Like she's there, <laughs> she's there. Like yeah, and you could donate using this envelope. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> oh. So, um, but that's pretty special. Yeah. Um. Ugh. But the reason I wanted to talk about feelings is because uh, I am having this conversation quite a bit. We've recorded a couple of episodes that feel like. They were, they're done specifically so I can go like, go listen to this one so that you can remember what we talked about here right, today. Right. And I almost wanted to do that because you and I, when we teach the workshop, for example, we go into this whole thing about feelings and how feelings work and how to talk about feelings. And I actually think that's mm-hmm. task number one for mm-hmm. you and for Holden and for me and for Abby and for those of us learning how to label them, like just understand what they are. Like, I think if either one of us were to go inside right now and say, what are these tears about? Like, for me, it's about pride. It's about joy. It's about um, kind of uh, maybe something I would label redemption. Um, It's about, or maybe restoration. That's not exactly a feeling, but that's also part of it. But like, what is it? What is the thing? I think children in particular need more vocabulary than they have. Yeah. So, you know, we start like that movie Inside Out was fantastic because it kind of labeled five primary mm-hmm. sort of emotions. I think it's anger, joy, sadness, mm-hmm. disgust, and fear, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, disgust is an, an interesting one. I wanted to talk about is that it, because I. Is it one of the guys? Isn't the purple one disgust? It is. Yeah. Um, it is an emotion. And I know that when I work with my feeling wheel, which I will oftentimes pull up for clients to look at, do you ever use one in session? Mm-mm, not in session. It's just a way for folks because we get kind of caught up in having very limited language, which is just such a standard thing for Zach to yeah. say, right? Yeah. We just need more language, more words. Yeah. Um, and we have a very limited language in the way that we describe our emotions. So really, if you have a feeling wheel and you're able to kind of work backwards where you're like, wow, I'm angry. Well, it's like, OK, we'll keep it's a whole like down. section. It's a whole like piece, piece yeah, of pie on the feeling. Spectrum. wheel. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And disgust is on there. And I, I guess I just have never I don't use the word disgust almost ever. And so I just it doesn't feel I wonder it if it's not real to me, shame. I guess. Like, I wonder if, if that in the movie anyway. Self-disgust. Well, but yeah, disgust for other, yeah. disgust for shame. Like shame is, mm-hmm. a, is an interesting one because you can have too much shame, which means I'm mm-hmm. shameful and I'm kind of in the, I'm always, woe is me-ish. And then I can have too yeah. little, which would become like, uh, Terry Real would label it grandiosity, but it would become like yeah. sort of this narcissistic hierarchy feeling. 
mm-hmm. but it's still connected to disgust or contempt that I have either for self or for other. So I don't know, that right. would be the same, same thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think number one really is being able to understand and label what it is that is going on for you. So not that I'm trying to parent you, but, or not trying to, try to tell you how to parent, but you know, part of what Holden needs is vocabulary to describe like what is going on. And I know he has it. Like yeah. even this is the conversation yeah. you described in the car where he was like, this totally. is what I'm doing with my feelings. Uh-huh. You know, like, yeah. Um, but I think when we, I think one of the reasons that we shove them down is because we don't know how to label them. I, yeah. I was kind of trying to figure out why, why do people, or what's the relationship that they have with emotions? Because to be perfectly honest, we come out and every emotion is fine, totally acceptable. And it it's in its raw, most, I mean, natural form. Somewhere along the way, we learn from other people uh, how to interact with that emotion. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like, well, this is anger and there's nothing wrong with anger. And this is sadness. There's nothing wrong with sadness. And this is disappointment. There's nothing wrong with disappointment. But somewhere along the way, someone in our life teaches us how to begin to... Mm-hmm you know, have be in relationship with that emotion. And so the fact that he's bottling an emotion up comes from me, comes from his dad, comes from the culture that he's, you know, part of. Yeah. And, and the fact that he's talking about it, Lala, comes from you too. Like That's true. So that's the differentiation between you and the family that you grew up in is that there wasn't this like articulation about what's going on and how it's going on and what that's yeah. for. So Yeah. Um. But I think, you know, we're accidentally beginning to talk about kind of the formula for emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. which is a four part formula. The first part is I'm aware of what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm feeling. My body is telling me. And this is something that we hit really hard again in the workshop is, and I wanted to kind of mention today as a, as a kind of a teaching point is feelings exist in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, your body tells you what you're feeling, your eyes, your, your anxious, your, your, your shoulders get tight or your, your, your butterflies in your stomach, or your heart, you know, like, mm-hmm. and often in couples therapy or couples work, people will say something like, I feel like, um, which moves away from the body. Right. It becomes a more thinky kind of thing. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's literally a simile or a metaphor. It's cognitive. You know, mm-hmm. and then they'll often say also, which we don't need to over rev on, which is, I feel like you. So we're having couples talk to each other and they'll say, I feel like you're not listening to me. Well, that's actually not a feeling. That's a judgment. And so part of what, part of why I wanted to talk about it today was to go, wait a second, stay with you, stay with your body. Mm. What is, what is, Mm. if you, even, even if you're able to say, I feel like you're not listening, what does that feel like? That feels lonely. That feels sad. You know? Yeah. Sure thing. Yeah. So like, as you were talking about that, um, I was doing a little bit of a body scan mm-hmm. and and we've been doing some interesting work with uh, energy worker and uh, that sounds funny, like sex worker, but energy worker, different from a sex worker. Um, what? I don't, what? This is also a thing. Happy to tell you guys on another episode what a sex worker does. But um, so what I'm feeling is, first of all, I'm totally slumped. Like my... Uh, stomach is sort of like caved in. I'm slumped forward. My shoulders are low. 
I feel almost like my body is is folding in on itself. And when I think about polyvagal theory, this is the dorsal, this is the bottom of the ladder, this is the feeling of like depression and overwhelm and giving up and just slump is kind of how we describe it. So I'm feeling very slump. But then I'm also very aware, like when I do this, my hand stops at my my throat up here. It's very restricted. You can probably even hear it on the... Um, can hear it I can hear my throat being restricted and it's me like choking back tears and then my hand moves over my heart my my heart is just so tight and tight it's tight my stomach is fine my legs are fine my uh, my back, like almost behind, yeah, my, my upper back is tight. So as I'm moving through, if I was in your office, I can't even look you in the eyes, Adam. Uh-huh. If I was in your office and I was experiencing these emotions and I might not be able to put words to what I'm feeling, I might just ask a client, now I'm moving back and forth, am I your client or am I the therapist, to just describe what's happening like in your body and do a body scan. And that's what I have going on for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, uh, thank you for that. And if, if you want to track in exactly on the podcast here, one of the things Laura did was literally take her hand and wave it kind of over her face and down slowly mm-hmm. around her neck and then down across her chest and her heart and kind of symbolizing that this is what I'm listening to. This is what I'm feeling right now. And I, I actually think that's really valuable. People don't do that. People don't slow down long enough right. to go, what am I actually feeling? My therapist, Sarah, will help, will will ask me to do that. When I'm in therapy, she'll, and we get to a point that feels like kind of a transition point or feels a little heavy or feels a little like neither one of us is exactly where to go, like knows exactly what to do. She'll yeah. just say it. She'll go, let's just check in. Let's just check in with your body and see what's going on. And she's literally sometimes asking me, like I'm often have my legs crossed and she's literally asking me to say something like, can I feel my foot on the floor? Can I feel the, like my leg on top of my knee? Do I feel the temperature? Do I feel, so again, it's, it's really about, I think we need more practice scanning, even if it's the physical mm-hmm. part to understand like what's going on with us. Like, so maybe we wake up one day and we're feeling, what did those guys say a couple of weeks ago about units? We wake up and we have, we don't have a hundred units. We've got 80 units. And so just to be able to go, what is going on? Yeah. What is, did I sleep wrong? Am I anxious about a dream I had? Am I, is there an unresolved conversation from yesterday? But if we, if we leap into the day, if we lead into the day with no connection to our feeling and our, like, the, and, I, and I'm using that word feeling different than emotion because mm-hmm. I want to, I want to, I want a main takeaway to be fee, feel. What do you okay. feel? You know? Um, yeah. Then we, ha- that just means we have to raise a level of awareness about it um, so that we can take responsibility for it. Honestly, like if I don't know what I'm feeling, I'm just going to go kind of create the havoc that I create in the day, you know, sort of others be damned is often the way I can move through the world, sort of like a bull in a china shop, I guess. Um, yeah. I, it's, that's interesting that you're saying like slow down and actually feel because I went to a very cognitive place this morning where I, like I slept wonky, I woke up, 
and I was really disoriented. And that was the word that I used to describe kind of my morning experience was I was really disoriented and like was just kind of fumbly, right? Like I was the, the, the kitchen was a mess and I wasn't putting stuff back. And I just like, if you think about sort of like ADHD symptoms, they were just like all over the place. Uh-huh. Nothing was getting done. Everything was undone and I was really disoriented and I just kept thinking to myself, you're really disoriented. What's good? You're like, this is weird. Where did this come from? You didn't expect yeah, this. Better go orient but to I something. Better hurry up and figure out how I can orient yeah, and get a task yeah, done. But I, w- I mean, I also was like, you've got a lot of things going on. You need to do these things. And so I just like was not allowing myself to actually feel. I was I was just just cognitively thinking through it. I was like you don't have time to deal with this or get curious where this is coming from or what's going on or manage it or handle it. You just, I pushed, I pushed it down, pushed through. It was like, you got a lot of things on your plate today, Laura, Uh just get it together and drink an extra cup of coffee and it'll all sort itself out. Yeah. It did not sort itself out. What just happened was I woke up disoriented. I pushed it down. And then about an hour later I erupted and then (laughs) I hit record on a podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had two release valves, right? You One, you had a you had a human being in your car that you love and care for who was like, I don't know how to do this in my skin right now. And it made you have to like pay attention to your skin and kind of go, mm-hmm. oh gosh, yeah. And and then you did this one, which is it's really hard, I think, to, to transition, transition as fast as you did and try and have a conversation about feelings while having actual feelings. So it's like, uh, might as well put them under the microscope. I, I mean, part of what I want to do with this podcast is I want to, we live what we teach uh-huh. and also some of the most amazing experiences that we have of like learning from other people is, is through modeling. And so I'm just literally just going through it in the same motions as everyone yeah, else and just yeah. experiencing it as we go. So what else do you do? I mean, you said step one. Well, step one is, uh, you know, when you, when it comes to understanding it. emotional intelligence, there, it's a four part thing. And I guess we're sort of at the top two parts, mostly. The, number one is I know uh, what I'm feeling. I, I can, so maybe that would even have two parts. Like part one would be, I take time to scan my body or just to pay attention or slow down long enough to actually feel the thing that I'm feeling, you know? Mm. Um And if you're not good at this on the inside, literally, uh, like I said, my therapist has me practice just on the outside. Like, am I cold? Does my back hurt? Can I feel the cushion underneath my body on my butt? You know, like that's stuff I don't pay attention to. And then, of course, if you really Uh wanted to, you could start just kind of close your eyes and listen. Like, what do I actually hear right now? You know, what can I see? There's a, there's an intervention in um, like kind of trauma, acute trauma, right? It's called five, four, three, two, one. Mm-hmm. Like there's five things I can see, four things I can hear, three things I can smell, two things I can touch, one mm-hmm. thing I can, I, I don't know how this, I don't know if there's a specific order, but it's, it's literally yeah. designed to have people in the middle of acute, you know, trauma, uppercase T, lowercase T, or just discomfort stop and look around like sense things so that'd be thing that'd be like 1a and i guess 1b would be do you also then have a label for it you know we typically uh, somehow i always end up using anger like we typically all understand anger as an emotion sometimes we don't understand the layers right because there's rage and there's frustration and there's disappointment and there's you know um jealousy and all of which could probably be in that section of the pie that you're talking about on the feeling wheel and they're all different you know 
um, they're all different from each other and they have different, they, they, they solicit or elicit or call for different responses. So if there's part two of the formula, part two is not only do I wreck it. So part one would be as I, I understand what I'm feeling, I have a label for it. Part two is I know how to manage it. I know what to do now. This is the, this is the stuck thing because I find with clients that I'm working with and probably with Laura Heck, if I'm being truly honest, is I'm not willing to slow down, unbox, uncompartmentalize, dig up the feelings that I've been pushing down and ignoring and escaping from because I don't trust that I know how to manage it. Mm -hmm. Once I open that can of worms, it's out and it's scary. I don't have the tools to be able to manage the anger, the rage, Mm -hmm. the grief, whatever it might be. So I spend a lot of time exercising. exercising. I spend a lot of time staying very busy. I spend a lot of time, you know, keeping my mind busy. And the moment I slow down and feel my feelings and begin to really kind of ground into those, that experience and start to label it, now I have to do something with it. And that's where I find a lot of people are stuck is, okay, I can label it. I can identify it but I don't know what to do with it. Uh And oftentimes the only time folks deal with emotion is when they're in a safe space and that safe space is therapy Uh or dealing with the emotion with their partner and turning to them and saying, this is how I was hurt in this last week. And I've been storing it up because Laura's here and she can contain the space Uh and I know what to do. It feels safe, right? Uh But that's where I find a lot of people get blocked is they don't know how to manage the emotion. Well, you're, you're touching on something. I don't know if you're suggesting this, but it certainly is something that I kind of repeat all the time is that because sometimes being in a committed relationship is a safe place. And if I'm feeling anger, I, I will allow myself to express rage, right? Like right. I'll allow myself to go berserk in a way that I won't do at the grocery store or at work or right. on the side soccer field, you know, and that's, that's telling, it's telling about the safety, but it's also telling about the growth edge. You know, um, if there's safety and you're abusing that, that's where trust gets eroded, you know? And mm-hmm. so part of what you want to do is learn how to say, Hey, I need, I need a minute just to vent or I need a minute, minute just to rage or to cry. Like, I think you're not wrong that therapy is a really good resource. But what I will say about therapy is, you know, I've been meeting with Sarah for almost four and a half years now, and I'm just figuring it out. Like I'm just leveraging mm. the benefit of having a regular time to go and just let, let my body process it out. And I think we live in a world right now where, you know, as people start therapy, they go, Oh, I met with them three times and it didn't seem like a fit. Or I'm, Oh, I did three or four sessions. And it did something it was working. And I was like, I was like, you guys, I get it. I, I totally do. I understand how I have a bias for efficiency and I have a bias for like results. And, you know, sometimes that's the wrong bias when it comes to feelings, efficiency and results is, as much as just like actually feeling them, like just mm. letting it happen. And uh, I don't mind saying as well, like, you know, I have a tattoo on my leg that you've seen many times. It's a, it yeah. looks like a cut. Uh, it looks like my leg has been cut is the, is the shape and the scope of the tattoo. And the reason I got that is because when I was about 30 years old, I had this revelation in my family and in my life that I kind of operated as an island, as a, a, I, I am a rock. I am an uh, I was like, told that was me. Like I got it. 
And then um, I I understood that that wasn't going to be sustainable. And so I I understood and I was told that wasn't going to be sustainable if I wanted to stay married. Yeah. So I, I, there's another song that I was inspired by to get this. It's actually a song by Ben Harper. It's called Please Bleed. And the kind of the chorus of the song is please bleed. So I know that you are real. So I know that you can feel. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I mm. walked into the tattoo parlor and I said, Hey, here's what I want as just a reminder to please bleed. Now tattoos are a great way to symbolize something that is a value to you. Um, and it is a value. It's, um, I like telling the story. I like having it on my leg. Um, but actually doing the work is the, is the piece of the puzzle that changes things. And I could cry in a, in a, in a theater last night because of having done that work. Like, because I had Mm -hmm. done the work of feeling what I'm feeling and allowing that to happen and not being ashamed of what I feel and, and not, you know, trying to shove it down. I, you know, I felt a powerful emotion and my body cried Mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful for that. Like, I'm glad for that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it reminds me that I'm alive. So. I don't know if I would go as far as to say that people who shove their feelings down are trying to deny that they're alive, but it is certainly a way to dull the, the, the power of living, you know? I'm usually not at a loss for words ever, but it's, it is. So it's interesting that you said shutting your feelings down is denying. Say that again. Well, I think I worked my, I think I reverse engineer it. I mean, part of it is I, when I am not feeling, I'm not experiencing like the power of being alive. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not alive. So maybe shoving our feelings down is a way of just not trying to live, you know, or not trying to live a full life. And I, I don't know exactly how mm-hmm. uh, how I said it or even what exactly I mean, other than that I know that when I'm not giving myself access to feelings and when I'm not labeling those and treating them respectfully, then I'm missing out, missing out on on a full life. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how yeah. to put it, you know. Well, I mean, I do think about like that you could have sat in the theater and you could have had a pretty... I don't know, just sort of ordinary experience. But because you had access to your feelings and because you have learned how to identify them and how to let them be present, and it felt safe enough for you to feel the feelings, you had a really rich experience of being able to weep and watch your daughter. Yeah, 100%. Pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. And I don't know if I could have done that, you know, certainly could have done it 20 years ago, but. 10, five, you know, who knows? But I think it's, I think it's a skill. Uh, well, that's what I would say. I would say if you, Laura, were interested in learning how to do this, you definitely can, you know, you definitely can learn yeah. how to have feelings and be okay with them and not let them, you know, disrupt your life, you know, and you can learn how to yeah. be okay by going, you know what, I think what I'm going to do right now is just go cry for a little while because yeah. your body is telling you something. <clears throat> who did we talk to that was saying about what happens when we cry it releases like endorphins and it washes your eyes and like there's a purpose and a uh, reason do you remember that i remember 
Mm. I usually remember that like stuff. Like the whole but... reason for crying. Yeah, I was I was asking Holden, I was like, what do we do? Do we just like create like a circle or a purpose where we sit down and we like ritualize the art of crying? And um, I think that's I mean, too thinky. Of... I think that's too heady, right? Really? Oh, well, right? I mean, Rather okay, than it's just crying time. It I don't, that's not what you're uh-huh. saying, but like. Um, yeah, no, actually it kind of is. It's sort of. It's I've I found a way to engineer and compartmentalize my tears. It's just for this one moment yeah. where we sit around and we go, okay, now it's time to let it out. Now it's time to put your happy face back on. Yeah, I would I would oh. I'd probably not recommend that. Yeah, probably approach. not. Yeah. Although there may be some who endorse it. I, I you know, there there you know, there are rage rooms, for example, that exist for right. a reason. Like I'm yeah. gonna go for twenty minutes, I'm gonna be in this room yeah. with this hammer and this old car. And that old TV set, and I'm just going to smash stuff for a little while. And um, yeah, I, I know for a fact that there are, there are pros and cons to that sort of experience. People people talk about how cathartic it is, but also how damaging it is. So you yeah. know, kind of have to evaluate it for yourself. But I could certainly appreciate the idea that uh, there's a place for this. There's a place for this emotion, um, mm-hmm. and so that might be therapy. And it might be mm-hmm. your your bedroom with your partner, like just lying there on the bed talking about, you know, what you're going to talk about intimacy, you know, mm-hmm. it might be a rage room. Um, it might Can be your I, bike, I, honestly. It, yeah, you know, it might be. And that's it. I think that that's a tool because when I talk to folks and I'm like, well, what are your coping mechanisms? What are what are the tools that you have that you have? as a way for you to be able to dip into those emotions, but not feel like they could, they're going to capsize you. That's where I, I ask for folks, I, I tell them when they come to see me, there are some things where they're like, this is too much, Laura. And th- I want to let you know that at the very, very first meeting of meeting someone, I understand that my words are not coming out so clearly today, but that's okay. I've got a lot going on. I meet with someone, they tell me their story, they give me just a snippet and they say, but I'm not ready to go there yet. And I said, that's fine. Um, Thank you for letting me know that that's there. You know, it might be like, I wanted to let you know that there's some trauma and I always save it for the end. I say, what's something else that you think is important for me to know about you that would help me to understand you better? And usually that's when they say, I know I'm here for couples therapy, but I also wanted to let you know about the sexual trauma that I had when I was 17. And they say, usually I've done a lot of work around it or I've never told anybody that, whatever it might be. And I say, thank you so much. We will um, get to that when you are ready. Meaning I don't want to have you dip into that emotion without you feeling confident that you're able to cope with it and you're able to manage it. Because that's, to me, that's the scary part is that we all have stories about what emotions are acceptable, what emotions we can handle, what emotions are uh, uh, unacceptable. I don't know. Yeah. How to and we definitely it, learned that somewhere. We did somebody. We learn s- it yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So like I would not steer someone into a place unless I knew they felt confident they'd be able to cope. They have a coping skill. They have a team of folks that can support them in being able to move with that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah. Yeah. When you said coping skill, it reminded me, I, I, I don't know if I've introduced this phrase to you before it came from it came from relational life therapy, but it's the idea of misery stabilizer. Like we have this, yep. um, we have this feeling that feels like misery and we do something to stabilize that. We exercise yeah. or we look at porn or we drink or we rage mm-hmm. or we work or we overparent or we, 
you know, and it just keeps us again. It's one of those things that keeps us away from actually just feeling the feelings, slowing down long Mm -hmm. enough to actually feel it. So, man, I don't know if there's a major takeaway from today, but I um, other than free therapy, if it causes people just to reevaluate their own relationship to their own feelings and slow down long enough, literally just take a minute to scan, either run your hand from the top of your head all the way down to your feet and check in with what are the parts of my body feeling or just sit in your chair and see if you can feel it on your butt, feel that, feel the wind on your arms, feel the temperature, you know, is there, what does the air feel like in your nose? (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. see what happens. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. you might as well. And then after you do that, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. So this is the most depressing podcast I've listened to. Yeah. Laura cried her way through the entire episode. But seriously, now's the time. You guys are doing great. We were growing already since I started whining about it on the podcast. And uh, thank you for doing that. We do need to try and get up above a thousand. So let's go. Uh, let's go do that together. Yeah, um, you know, I will tell you the other thing that's really neat is that we have lots of registrations coming in. So we must have been mentioning oh, it for on the, the last workshop? couple podcasts. So yeah, we have uh, a couple of... Turns out maybe advertising works. Talking about what you want people to do helps them to do that. So there's two two workshops coming up. This, is, this episode's coming out mid-August. So you have time to register and sign up for this. But starting September 13th is my fall series. It's right around the corner. And that's every, every, it's right around the corner, exactly. It's like a month away. So it's every Wednesday evening we go through one of the principles of seven principles for making marriage work. That's pretty exciting. Um, I do have limited space because it's just me that's doing that. It's not Zach and myself. Um, And so I only have a few more registrations available for that. That is the fall series. And then we have the fall intensive coming up on October 20th and 21st. Um, And we do close registration down um, a couple weeks in advance just so that we can get you your supplies and all of that. So you can sign up for the fall intensive October 20th and 21st. Um, who knows if people are going to be motivated. I'm going to gonna hang out with those after. bozos. Yeah, right. They, they just, just start cry crying all the time. Sad. Well, I'm proud um, of you. I think, uh, I think candidly in front of the entire world that's listening to this podcast, one of my one of my hopes for you over the last 10 years or so is that exactly this, that you would come closer and closer to the, like the actual human humanity of being alive as an emotional being. And I think motherhood changes you. I think, you know, like getting just a little bit older and more mortal changes you. And I think intentional work changes you. I think, I don't mean you, Laura necessarily, but like, I think respecting those changes and paying attention to them and just letting them happen um, it's part of becoming an adult. And I think that's really cool that that's happening. I mean, look, look, here's the thing. My You're as old 30s. now as I was when we met. Right. Yeah. So like I'm. And you've done a lot of living in the last It's, it's true. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I mean. Like you this have. is maybe just the beginning of something that feels really amazing as your kid comes into Ugh. like real consciousness and your marriage kind of comes into real, you know, you're doing the heavy lifting of yeah. grieving parents There's and, bumps. you know, trying to establish life goals and run marathons or Ironman or whatever. And so, yeah, Uh maybe the next, maybe this is the the start of something new, as they say in Mm. High School Musical. I did it again. Oh, boy. All right. Well, let's land this plane. I think I may go ride my bike or I might just weep for a a little bit. 
we'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I need to hit a reset on today. Yeah. Um, thanks for letting me just show up as I am. And uh, gosh, you guys, I hope you find some kind of value or, or maybe maybe my tears because we have mirror neurons brought about tears in you. And if, if that was a good release for you, then great. I'm so glad. All right, let's land it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Um, if you have been with us for a long time, you have just been on this journey with us and you've seen evolutions and um, you've seen us deal with real stuff in real time. So I appreciate you just being with us, journeying with us. I do really want to invite you to come to our fall intensive. It's October 20th and 21st. You can find that information on marriagetherapyradio.com. And then we also have my fall series that's starting in September on Wednesday evenings. And uh, you can also find that information on marriagetherapyradio.com. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.